McConnell, the head of the Republicans in the Senate, says that he's 100 percent focused on blocking the Biden agenda. Uh, Question, aren't you being naive about this continuing talk about bipartisan cooperation? Yes. Yes, he is. Do you even need to ask? I got the feeling that something right. I guess you do. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And on Fox News. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Good Lord. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is The Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950, KTNF. <clears throat> we also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, today is, is one of those days uh, when I'm, I'm really happy to be able to open up the phone lines to hear from listeners at 818-985-5735 if you want to write it down right now. Because, uh, frankly, I'm, I'm hoping you can help me. I've got a lot to ask you about today. Regarding what the hell Democrats are going to be able to do now in the U.S. Senate to move their agenda forward when it comes to things like the voting uh, uh, voting rights for the entire country, not to mention Joe Biden's ambitious and agenda on infrastructure and jobs and much more. As well as whether you believe, by the way, if you want to ring in on this, uh, whether you believe Trump is now literally out of his mind or if he actually believes that he will be reinstated to the presidency this August. So I'm at 818-985-KPFK if you want to line up right now. Uh, but I've got to uh, get to a bit of background on all of this. And of course, my lights just went out, didn't they? So I can't see a thing. I can't see. Hang on a second here. Let me fix this. There we go. There we go. Now I can see again. All right. I'm fine. Thank you. I'm good, Des. I got it. I got it. Um, Where was I? Oh, I do want to thank, before I get into the background here, uh, just a huge thank you to those of you who supported KPFK during our most recent fund drive here 
we cannot survive without your help. And you can always, if you if you miss the opportunity to sign up to become a, a, a member here, you can always, I believe, go to our website, kpfk.org, and sign up for our Sustainer's Circle to uh, automatically uh, donate to the station uh, once a month, I believe it is, and that way we can shorten our fund drives in the bargain. And if you are not listening on KPFK, but you are listening on another progressive radio station, please remember that that station probably needs your support as well. The only way to keep non-corporatized progressive radio on your public airwaves is if you kick in, is if you support the efforts. Uh, trust me, I know how difficult it is to survive uh, in progressive radio. No, we don't take any uh, support from major oil companies. We don't sell, uh, we don't have gimmicks to, you know, sell gold or uh, male enhancement products. Although maybe we should. Don't look at me that way, Desi Doyen. I'm just saying we rely on our listeners to stay on yes. your public airwaves. 100% listener supported. It is quite necessary to make sure that non-corporate media stays alive and can counter the powerful corporate media that, that has dominated our public airwaves. That so has dominated our public airwaves and that, frankly, has helped destroy this nation. Uh, which I think I'm going to be getting to now. A bit of background here for all of this and all of those questions that I asked you about to give me a call, 818-985-5735. Um, <clears throat> if, you, if, if, you, if you were smart enough to enjoy your weekend, you may not have heard about some of this, uh, rather than you know following the news as I have been. But on Sunday... Uh, Roy Blunt, Republican of Missouri senator, uh, he's the fourth highest ranking official in the Senate GOP's leadership as Senate Republican Policy Committee chair. Uh, he jabbed former President Trump very, very mild, mildly for continuing to push the big lie about a stolen election instead of focusing on helping Republicans win more elections in the 2022 midterms. The day after, this was on Sunday, the day after Trump had espoused more election fraud lies during an appearance that he made at the North Carolina GOP convention over the weekend. So appearing on MSNBC's Meet the Press, <clears throat> Senator Blunt was pressed by moderator Chuck Todd on whether he and other Republicans who have very gently decried Trump's false claims of widespread election fraud, but have not pushed back at the former president, whether they believe that he is doing enough to combat these evidence-free conspiracies that, sadly, now a majority of Republican voters, according to recent polls, are now embracing. A majority of Republican voters now believe the 2020 election was stolen, never mind the lack of evidence at all to support that theory. That's what Republican voters believe. And guys like Senator Roy Blunt of Missouri, who's, again, in the leadership in the Senate, is perfectly happy, it seems, to allow people to believe that. Now, there was a moment, however, in, the, in their discussion on, uh, on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd that I want you to listen to. I, it, it didn't have to do with, with the claims about the stolen election, but about something else, during which Blunt, in my opinion, pretty much gives away the GOP congressional game here entirely. See if you can spot it, because Chuck Todd didn't. He didn't say anything about it, and I have not heard anyone else yet uh, comment on this. Give it a listen. Do you think the president believes this stuff? 
or is exploiting um, a, a chunk of your party into convincing them to believe it? You know, I, I really can't analyze whether he believes or not. I'm, I'm sure he believes that uh, in a fair election he couldn't have possibly uh, lost. And, and, of course, he had the, the ability to go to court and prove whether that election was fair or not, that the, every, the courts did not uh, accept those, uh, those ideas. And so we move forward, yeah. uh, and we continue to move forward. I do think uh, President Trump is an incredibly popular figure in, in, in our party, certainly in uh, a political figure in my state. I'd like to see him get focused on the 20 22 elections. There are plenty of things for Republicans to be talking about. It, I, I understand. You're, you're not the only process itself. Sorry, Senator. You're not the only senator or Republican that has said, "Hey, look, the guy's popular in, in the party, and, and there's only so much." I, the implication is, there's only so much I can say or so much I can do to push back. I, it, it sounds almost like you're surrendering no, to this. That's nonsense. Not, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not running for office again. I'm not running for office again. So that's not my point. My point is he's popular and can be incredibly helpful in 2022 if he gets focused on 2022 and the differences in the two political parties. The the uh, the Biden agenda is an agenda that uh, Republicans are going to be talking about defining themselves okay. based on our differences on things like what is infrastructure. There are a lot of things to talk about. I think 2022 has great potential to be an important and uh, and good year for Republicans, okay. and I hope uh, President Trump uh, puts his energy in that effort. Okay, so did you hear that? Of course, they're focusing on uh, you know Donald Trump, his claims about a stolen election, or Republicans doing enough to push back, but that wasn't the part that caught my attention. The part that caught my attention was that little line, that one little line where he said in 2022, Republicans plan to run on things like what is infrastructure? Really? Republicans have uh, criticized Joe Biden's $2.25 trillion infrastructure proposal known as the American Jobs Plan to build roads and bridges and replace lead pipes across the country and uh, modernize the electric uh, grid and, and infrastructure for electric vehicles and a whole bunch of stuff. They've also criticized his $1.8 trillion proposal for human infrastructure for the so-called care economy to provide uh, daycare and community college for all as as well as expand health care initiatives and much more to allow Americans to get back to work again after the pandemic. Much of the critique by Republicans of those uh, infrastructure plans consists of claims that many of these things like replacing toxic lead pipes and billions of dollars for elder care, well, those things may be needed, but, but they don't they don't amount to infrastructure, so they should not be included in this infrastructure package. It's ridiculous. We should get rid of them. Sure, we need them. But, you know, it's not infrastructure, so they got to come out of the package. Nonetheless, despite that, Republicans led by West Virginia Republican Senator Shelley Moore Capito... Uh, have been negotiating with Joe Biden, with the Biden administration, on supposedly on an infrastructure package, which in apparent good faith, Joe Biden has made several counter offers to, uh, in reply to lowering his initial proposal for the American jobs plan from two point two five trillion all the way down to one trillion dollars, according to what I believe is his latest offer. 
giving away a whole lot of stuff in the bargain in exchange for Republican votes, in exchange for a bipartisan package, which may or more likely may not ever come. And I don't believe that they will ever come on board. Why? Because, well, you just heard. Missouri Senator Roy Blunt, right there. Republicans are planning on running in 2022 on the question of what should be considered infrastructure. In other words, they have no plans to actually pass an infrastructure bill right now, this month, this summer, ever. Certainly not before the 2022 midterm elections. They're not going to pass a bill. They're not going to go ahead with these ongoing supposed negotiations, which I would describe as a ruse to simply delay and or weaken Biden's proposal, just as we saw them do 10 years ago with Barack Obama's Affordable Care Act, when the administration at that point whittled it down over and over again to get GOP votes only to ultimately receive zero votes on final passage of that bill, which had to be passed at that point via the budget reconciliation process, because that allows for a simple majority vote for passage in the Senate. So if the GOP is going to be running on what is infrastructure, Well, that means they will not be supporting the passage of an infrastructure, a so-called bipartisan infrastructure package this year. And they intend to do everything they can to keep Democrats from passing one themselves, even via the same reconciliation process that could be used on budget related matters to avoid 60 votes needed to overcome a filibuster for most Uh, You can use it for budget-related matters. Otherwise, you run into the filibuster for almost everything else when it comes to legislation in the Senate. Republicans, just as Mitch McConnell has said, even if Joe Biden continues to ignore him, have no intention, period, of supporting any part of this so-called Biden agenda. The ongoing negotiations right now over infrastructure are basically a time-delaying scam, at least if Roy Blunt, the fourth highest-ranking official in the Senate GOP leadership, as head of the Senate Republican Policy Committee, at least if he is to be believed, they don't have any intention of, of finding a bipartisan bill here. They mean to delay it as long as possible and then use it to run on it as Uh, an election year issue in 2022. Exactly, because obstruction pays. The minority party always benefits from obstructing legislation, making it appear that President Biden is unable to achieve any of his major agenda items. And then that way they can run in 2022 by saying, hey, look, they can't do anything. You should put Republicans in because we'll get it done because we'll vote for stuff that we put forth, but not anything that would actually help Americans right now. Well, it'll help American wealthy people and corporations and so forth. True. (laughs) But Democrats, uh, you know, it seems are going to have to go it alone if they actually want to pass anything on infrastructure or, frankly, anything else passed into law this year. Which brings me to an op-ed published this weekend by a Democratic U.S. senator, which caused quite a few Democrats and progressives to collectively, uh, well, at the very least, release a, a primal scream on Sunday, if not have their heads explode entirely. Um a scream directed at this Democratic senator in particular. 
Uh, he wrote, <clears throat> the right to vote is fundamental to our American democracy and protecting that right should not be about party or politics. Well, good. Yes, I agree with that, Senator. Least of all, he writes, protecting this right, which is a value I share, should never be done in a partisan manner. Well, I agree there as well. Very good. We're all on the same page so far. Sounds good. He goes on. During my time as my state's secretary of state, I was determined to protect this right and ensure our elections are fair, accessible and secure. Not to benefit my party, but all the people in the state. Well, thank you, sir. For example, as Secretary of State, I took specific actions to establish early voting for the first time in order to provide expanded options for those whose work or family schedule made it difficult for them to vote on Election Day. Well, that's a great idea, Senator. And by the way, it's one that the Democrats in the uh, For the People Act have already passed in the House. Would uh, That bill would make it nationwide. That same thing you gave to your state, all 50 states would now be able to vote early. Voters everywhere would be able to vote early, you know, in case they have uh, work and family schedules that make it difficult for them to vote on Election Day, just like you say, sir. So every voter in every state could enjoy that same convenience, same convenience you provided for your voters in your own state. He goes on. Throughout my tenure in politics, the Democratic senator writes, I have been guided by this simple philosophy. Our party labels can't prevent us from doing what is right. And of course, I agree with that as well, which is why it's so disappointing to see so many Republican-controlled states doing the exact opposite of that in passing laws to prevent disproportionately Democratic-leaning voters from having convenient access to the ballot box, which clearly, clearly, sir, you must find objectionable based on these remarks that you have written yourself. Unfortunately, he writes, we are now witnessing what the fundamental right to vote itself, uh, we are witnessing that the fundamental right to vote itself has become overtly politicized. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you. You've noticed it has. That's good, too. Today's debate over how to best protect our right to vote and to hold elections, however, is not about finding common ground, but seeking partisan advantage, he writes. Whether it is state laws that seek to needlessly restrict voting or politicians who ignore the need to secure our elections, partisan policymaking won't instill confidence in our democracy. It will destroy it, he writes. And again, I agree. And I'm glad you do as well, sir. So hopefully this means you are finally ready to take action to counter that partisan policymaking that has given a partisan advantage to Republicans in more than a dozen states where such partisan lawmaking has, quote, needlessly restricted voting. This Democratic senator then goes on to write in his op-ed from this past weekend, as such, congressional action on federal voting rights legislation must be the result of both Democrats and Republicans coming together to find a pathway forward, or we risk further dividing and destroying the republic that we swore to protect and defend as elected officials. Well, that sounds nice, doesn't it? But what if no Republicans agree to do so, Senator? What then? Democrats in Congress, he writes, have proposed a sweeping election reform bill called the For the People Act. 
This more than 800-page bill has garnered zero Republican votes. Why? Are there Republican senators who voted to impeach Trump because of actions that led to an attack on our democracy unwilling to support actions to strengthen our democracy? Well, yes, Senator, it appears that they are. Are these same senators who uh, many in my party, he, he writes, applauded for their courage? Are they now threats to the very democracy that we seek to protect? Well, seemingly so. Yes since they are unwilling to counter the partisan policymaking at the state level, sir, which you appropriately decried just a few sentences ago. He goes on. The truth, I would argue, is that voting and election reform that is done in a partisan manner will all but ensure partisan divisions continue to deepen. I know, right? I'm so glad you understand that, sir. So what are you going to do about it? Well, he says, with that in mind, some Democrats have again proposed eliminating the Senate filibuster in order to pass the For the People Act with only Democratic support. Well, that's right, because that appears the only way that that bill can be passed. They've attempted to demonize the filibuster and conveniently ignore how it has been critical to protecting the rights of Democrats in the past. Well, that's true. As a reminder, just four short years ago, he says in 2017, when Republicans held control of the White House and Congress, President Donald Trump was publicly urging Senate Republicans to eliminate the filibuster. Then it was Senate Democrats who were proudly defending it. Thirty-three Senate Democrats penned a letter to Senators Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell warning of the perils of eliminating the filibuster. Well, that's true. They did. Of course, that was before then-Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell went ahead and did exactly that by unilaterally eliminating the filibuster for lifetime appointments to the U.S. Supreme Court and then jamming through three nominees to that stolen Republican majority on the highest court in the land in order to be able to overturn any legislation that Democrats might ever be able to get passed through the Senate. It has been said by much wiser people than me, this Democratic senator writes, that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, what I've seen during my time in Washington is that every party in power will always want to exercise absolute power absolutely. Our founders, he says, were wise to see the temptation of absolute power and built in specific checks and balances to force compromise that serves to preserve our fragile democracy. That is also true. But nonetheless, seeing that temptation, the founders still did not bother to include a filibuster clause for the U.S. Senate in the Constitution. Not in the U.S. Senate, not in the U.S. House. No, the filibuster is nowhere to be found in the Constitution. They left it as a body to pass the Senate, as a body to pass its own rules by simple majorities, Senator. The filibuster was added much later by the Senate itself, not as a constitutional edict, but as a way to, among other things, maintain racist laws that excluded black voters from the process of our representative democracy, the representative democracy that was spelled out by the by the founders, albeit imperfectly, but spelled out by the founders in the Constitution. The filibuster is not in the Constitution. It is not a constitutional construct of the founders. 
It's a racist Jim Crow relic, as even former President Obama described it, calling for it to be dissolved, if necessary, in order to ensure voting rights legislation. Back to our senator who says the Senate, its processes and rules have evolved over time to make absolute power difficult while still delivering solutions to the issues facing our country. And I believe that's the Senate's best quality, he says. Really? Really? What solutions exist for countering vote suppression in the U.S. Senate after state lawmakers continue to further restrict the right to vote? Yes, this process can be frustrating and slow, the senator argues, which is true. It will force compromises that are not always ideal. Well, that's right. But consider the alternative, he says. Do we really want to live in an America where one party can dictate and demand everything and anything at once whenever it wants? Well, no, we don't. We don't want that, senator. But that is exactly what we have right now. The truth, he says, is a better way. Oh, good. If we seek to find it together. Excellent. I do seek to find it together. What do you got, Senator? Well, he says the Voting Rights Act, for example, was monumental to in, in the fight to guarantee freer and fairer elections in the U.S. Since its original passage, it has been reauthorized with overwhelming bipartisan votes five separate times. And that is true. The last time, by the way, it was reauthorized. George W. Bush was in office and Republicans controlled the House and it was reauthorized for a record 25 years, not just in a bipartisan vote, but in a unanimous 98 to zero vote in the U.S. Senate. That was, in fact, the bipartisanship that you seek, sir, I believe, as the Voting Rights Act was reauthorized way back in 2006. But of course, just seven years later, the Republican Supreme Court ignored the Constitution, which mandates that Congress, not the Supreme Court, but Congress write the laws that protect the rights of minority voters. The Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act in 2013 on the premise that racism didn't really exist anymore as apparently it had just a few years earlier when it was authorized by a unanimous vote of the Senate and it was signed by George W. Bush. So the central part of the landmark Voting Rights Act was, as you know, Senator, gutted by the Supreme Court. Gutted. And we have since seen one state after another after another that had previously been covered by it instituting new laws that disproportionately affect racial minorities that would never have been allowed to pass had the Voting Rights Act still been in full order. Back to the senator who writes, uh, there is now bipartisan support to pass the latest iteration of this legislation, the Voting Rights Act, uh, the rightfully named John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Oh, good. The senator writes, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act would update the formula states and localities must use to ensure proposed voting laws do not restrict the rights of any particular group or population. Excellent. My Republican colleague, Senator Lisa Murkowski, has joined me in urging Senate leadership to update and pass this bill through regular order. Well, that's fantastic. That is great. That is one 
That is one Republican senator, sir. You need 10 of them to overcome the filibuster unless Democrats use their majority status to reform and get rid of the filibuster. But, you know, good, you got one. Got any others? Anybody? No? If not, what exactly are you doing, Senator, to get others on board? Because I haven't heard you speak out about it beyond calling uh, interest in the John Lewis Voting Rights Act bipartisan because one single Republican senator has said she was interested in supporting it. He notes, I continue to engage with my Republican and Democratic colleagues about the value of the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and I'm encouraged by the desire from both sides to transcend partisan politics and strengthen our democracy by protecting voting rights. By both sides, Senator, do you mean one single Republican? Of course, some in my party have argued that now is the time to discard such bipartisan voting reforms and embrace election reforms and policies solely supported by one party. Respectfully, I do not agree, he writes. I believe that partisan voting legislation will destroy the already weakening binds of our democracy, and for that reason, I will vote against the For the People Act. For the record, in addition to mandating early voting in all 50 states, the For the People Act also mandates no-excuse absentee voting. It ends partisan gerrymandering. It curbs dark corporate money in our elections and much, much more. Even as imperfect as that sweeping election and campaign finance reform bill is, you know, the one, sir, that you oppose. Of course, uh, without it, the partisan policymaking that you decry will continue. It will not stop. It will continue. It will continue to worsen at the state level. But frankly, sir, you don't really seem to care, do you? Furthermore, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia writes, I will not vote to weaken or eliminate the filibuster. For as long as I have the privilege of being your U.S. senator, he writes, I will fight to represent the people of West Virginia, to seek bipartisan compromise no matter how difficult, and to develop the political bonds that end divisions and help unite the country we love. How is that going, Senator Manchin? By way of reminder, Joe, before the recent majority vote in the U.S. Senate of 54 to 35, before that was not actually enough to enact an evenly split bipartisan commission to investigate the deadly January 6th insurrection, the worst, the worst attack on the Capitol and on democracy itself since the Civil War, before that vote, Senator Manchin, you had said that you had confidence that there would be 10 patriots on the other side of the aisle who would vote to stand up that commission. Guess what, sir? Only six of them did. And though a huge majority of senators in the United States Senate, 54 to 35, voted in support of creating that commission... The measure nonetheless failed because there were not four more Republicans willing to vote to defeat the filibuster that you will not weaken or eliminate because you somehow believe that that makes the Senate more bipartisan. Really? He uh, concludes... American democracy is something special. It is bigger than one party or the tweet-filled partisan attack policies, uh, attack politics of the moment. 
He writes, it is my sincere hope that all of us, especially those who are privileged to serve, remember our responsibility to do more to unite this country before it is too late. Well, I share that hope, sir. Unfortunately, I believe it is too late, and I believe that you are not helping at all. You are now officially making that worse, not better, but worse, by failing to even join all 49 of your Democratic Senate colleagues in support of the For the People Act. By supporting only the John Lewis Advance Voting Rights Advancement Act, despite just one Republican senator on board, making it impossible to overcome a Senate filibuster to even pass that law. And by opposing reform or elimination of the filibuster, you have just pre prevented any democracy reform from moving forward at the from moving forward at the federal level, even though democracy reform is moving forward at the state level and not in a good way. You are also, by the way, pretty much blocking the entirety of the Joe Biden agenda. Unless it can be passed by uh, budget reconciliation procedures by a simple majority of all 50 Democratic senators, including you, sir, playing along, none of these things will be passed. This is a process, by the way, the budget reconciliation process is a process made possible only because Republicans agreed that tax cuts were important enough to kill the filibuster on that, on budget stuff. The same Republicans who also believe that stealing Supreme Court seats was also important enough to do away with the filibuster for that when they could not find bipartisan consensus for nominees to the highest court in the land. Not that they even tried. So listen, that's that. That's that. That's it for the Biden agenda, unless something changes, at least unless something gives at this point other than budget-related matters that can be pushed through with all 50 Democrats on board, that is, if King Manchin decides if he deigns to support them, if he doesn't, then nothing is likely to get done, period. The Biden agenda is over, at least until 2022. Now, as noted at the top, uh, even what used to be an, a, a no-brainer, bipartisan issues like infrastructure, they are almost certainly not going to be adopted with any Republican votes because the Republican leadership admitted over the weekend on nationwide television that they are planning to run against Biden and the Democrats in 2022 with an argument about what constitutes infrastructure and what does not. So uh, this is the part of the show where most talk radio hosts would tell you, here's what the solution is. Here's what needs to be done. That they know what the answer is, that uh, here is what must be done to change the current status quo. But I got to tell you, after reading and thinking a whole lot about this over the weekend, after seeing Joe Manchin's uh, appalling op-ed in the West Virginia Gazette Mail, I got to tell you, uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. It is maddening. It is disappointing. It is soul crushing. It is democracy crushing. And in the, you know, in the case of Republicans now turning back voting rights in state after state after state, 
you know, passing laws uh, that allow them to change actual results. They are not just keeping people away from the ballot box in these laws. They are changing the laws that allow them to actually reverse election results pretty much for any reason that they like. So, yes, this is getting a little scary. And no, I'm not sure what we do about it. But we do have some smart listeners on this show who may have some ideas about how we should proceed from here or who may just want to blow off some steam uh, against Joe Manchin and his friend Kirsten Cinema in Arizona, who also says she is not going to do anything about the filibuster, though, for her credit, she at least has come on as a co-sponsor uh, to the uh, For the People Act. So if you got any ideas, or even if you don't, feel free to give me a call right now, 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. I would love to open up the phones to you uh, on that issue. What should Democrats do at this point? What can they do about the Joe Manchin problem? Or should they do anything at all? Is Joe Manchin playing some kind of ingenious four-dimensional chess that nobody can understand to either get what he wants, which I have no real idea what it actually is, or to somehow bring Republicans magically on board in what appears to me to be at least a, a fruitless effort, which Republicans have made clear over and over and over again they have no intention of doing, no matter if Senator Joe Manchin bothers to listen to them or not. 818-985-KPFK is my phone number. We'll take a quick break and we'll take your calls on this and maybe some other stuff that I hope you uh, can offer me some advice on as well. Uh, On Friday's show, for example... Uh, Donald Trump, uh, we talked about, uh, does Donald Trump really think that he's going to be reinstated to the presidency in August as he has been confirmed now to be telling pretty much anyone who will listen, despite the fact that there is no actual legal or constitutional mechanism for such a thing? Uh, does he actually believe that? Has he gone mad down at Mar-a-Lago or does he have something else in mind, as we discussed on Friday's show? Uh, Is he doing this because he thinks he's about to be indicted and wants to get his MAGA mob worked up into another lather so that when and if he is indicted, he'll he'll be able to say that it's the Democrats and the deep state trying to prevent his reinstallment as president of the United States, which was scheduled to happen any moment. And by the way, if you thought the uh, January 6th insurrection was violent and deadly, just wait for the MAGA mob's reaction when they believe that he is being prevented by the deep state from being reinstated as president. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to The Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Our nightmare election may be over, but new ones are on the way. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year around, like no other media outlet in the nation. But of course, we need your help to do it. Please stop by bradblog.com donate to make an automated monthly pledge of any amount you like or even just a one-time-only contribution to help us remain on your public airwaves and completely independent. The fight for voting rights, civil rights, and to save our planet continues. 
Please help us continue that fight independently over your public airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate right now. Go ahead, do it right now. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. A fool on the hill sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head see the world spinning round Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Bradcast, talking about that fool on the hill, and there may be more than one of them, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, and what Democrats can or should do now. Uh, Frankly, I have no idea. Maybe you do. 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to uh, Charles in Santa Monica. Hey, Charles, welcome to the Bradcast, sir. Oh, I screwed up. My fault. I hung up on Charles. Charles, call us right back. We'll get you right on the air. Uh, let me go instead to Matthew in Los Angeles. Hey, Matthew, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you. I think somebody got Joe Manchin by the short and curly. You, you think uh, somebody's got something against him uh, to use against him, and that's why he's doing what he's doing? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it sounds like a, a show of scandal to me. I'm, I'm sure that's what's happening. Because how do you come up with this, with this, uh, with these rules for your state, and now all of a sudden it doesn't work for the country? What's going on? Yeah, I know. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, thanks for that call, Matthew. I do appreciate it. Let me see if I can not hang up on the wrong person again. Do we get Charles back? Not yet. All right. Let me get to. Uh, I will go to Lynette in L.A. Hey, Lynette. Welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Hey. Thank you for taking my call. And yep. you know what? What? We, we really have um, a real situation, as you know. And I think we don't do enough in uh, dealing with the corporate backers of the Joe Mansions and, you know, any of these politicians. Well, what should we What should we do with them, Lynette? What You say we don't do enough. Well, well, I mean, one of the things... Brothers. One of the things that, uh, yeah, the, one of the things that the For the People Act would do would be that it would shine a great big light on those Koch brothers and all of their dark money, but he oh, won't I let it pass. Pence, Pence is back. Oh, excuse me. I heard that Pence is back by the Koch brothers. And really, you know what? Donald Trump, he needs to be, like, shipped off to Russia to his sponsor, Vladimir Putin. I mean, a vote for Trump and any of those guys is really a vote for Russia and, and Putin to take over America, okay? So God help us. But that's really where we got to start and get through the government for uh, blocking H.R. 1. This is totally undemocratic. I mean, Biden needs to get the Supreme Court in order and forget about that little committee he want to get and put all his people up there. And people need to sue for the government for not passing H.R. 1. Well, you can't you can't you can't uh, sue the government for not passing any particular bill. Uh, And, yeah, I would love to see him expand the Supreme Court. But uh, how do you do it unless you're willing to get rid of the filibuster, which obviously uh, he's not willing to do. He's not willing to get rid of the filibuster. And so we can't expand the Supreme Court. We can't pass H.R. 1. That's the For the People Act. Anyway, let's see if anybody's got any ideas. 818-985-KPFK. Let me go to, I think this is Charles. Do we have Charles back? Uh, hey, hey, Charles, welcome to the broadcast. Is that you? That's me. Okay. So um, the only way we're going to fix this is to do something about the fact that Sinclair Broadcasting and Talks 
have sewn up the 40% of the population that lives in the rural part of the United States. That's the only news they get is Sinclair Broadcasting and Fox. Well, so they believe yeah. anything, anything that goes out over those airways. Now, if, the, uh, if, if Gates and Buffett and Bezos and that ilk think that their money will protect them from fascism or make it the kind of the brand of fascism that they might enjoy, that might be true, but it's not going to protect them from climate change. And they're mm-hmm. smart enough to know this. They shouldn't be getting off to Mars. They should be founding a new broadcast network mm. to put stations in all those areas yep. and get it up and running before 2022. Okay, well now, Charles, now you're talking about something that makes sense, which is building out a network. You originally started by saying we have to get rid of Fox News and all of those right-wing outlets, and my question was going to be, well, how do you do that? Because, you know, we do have a little thing about the First Amendment. I'm suing over the First Amendment in the state of Georgia against their voting, uh, their anti-voting bill that prevents journalists like me from doing my job of overseeing elections. Uh, So I don't know how you get rid of Sinclair. I don't know how you get rid of Fox. But expanding is one thing. And I think your comment about Jeff Bezos, it was announced today that he's going to be uh, uh, going into space after uh, somehow uh, on on his right. new rocket. That, I guess, uh, sending him uh, well to Mars would be fine by me, but sending him into space is much more important than shoring up our public airwaves and leaving progressive radio, who tell, which tells the truth over the public airwaves, uh, leaving us fighting like hell just to stay alive, I guess. Yeah, well, um, if they can't figure out that they're not going to have their gold-plated tomb together on Mars before the Earth goes into (laughs) the heat zone and nobody can survive on it, then they're stupider than the dollar signs after their name would suggest. They gotta see this. Well, who who's they again? This is the the rich people, the Bezos, the people who aren't funding uh, real media? Ralph Nader said only the rich can save us. I'm tending to agree with him Mm. now. All right. Hey, thanks for that call, Charles. Uh, really appreciate it. Sorry well, we that we got to push them. Yep, we got to push them. Well, but it's a matter of pushing the media is who needs to be pushed because I don't know where this goes in the you know Senate if you have one Democrat who is willing to block everything. Thank- well, you know, yeah, it gets back to the same problem that forty percent of the country doesn't get the kind of media that you and I listen to. Uh, and I think but, that's but, an overstatement. But, I think uh, even fewer yeah. get it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but Steyer, Yang, Bezos. Yep. You know, Bezos owns the Washington Post. I know. It'd be and nice. The only reason that that thing is still up and running, and it does some fairly good, you know, press, yeah. is the fact that he's underwriting it. Yeah. And he's letting them have their head. So if he can see that, then he's got to know that, the only thing that's going to turn this country around is you got to take that Washington Post and you got to, you know, put it into radio stations throughout the entire rural United States. Thanks, Charles. I appreciate that, that thought. It's a good idea. It's I hear you. It's a good idea. Uh, that's one of the other reasons that for so many years we talk about uh, democracy reform. We talk about media reform. And of course, we talk about climate change and reforming. Uh, the system that is just killing the entire planet. Let me go to uh, Matt in Santa Monica. Hey, Matt, welcome to the broadcast. What's the solution well, for Joe? What's the solution for Joe Manchin? 
Well, you know, I think and ultimately he has clay feet. And sunshine is the best disinfectant. He's on his little high horse on this adrenaline of a power rush, and it needs the kibosh needs to be put down. You know, the Democrats aren't really famous for having spine, mm-hmm. and but I would hope at least a couple of them muster a vertebrae or two and call him out. Mm. You know, call a spade a spade. This guy is a hypocrite. He's there singing, we shall overcome, and and yet, you know, acting in the opposite way. Yep. And uh, I think he needs to be called to task. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for calling him to task. Uh, 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. I know a lot of folks lining up want to get in on this conversation. So let me take a quick break right here, and we will come back with more of your calls on this topic. What to do about Joe Manchin? I don't know. Hoping you do. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and you're listening to the Bradcast. Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at Brad bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. But if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like nothing changed at all? And if you close your eyes, yeah, it almost does feel like that. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. What to do about Joe Manchin. Let's go to L in uh, Palms. Do I have that right? L, welcome to the Bradcast. Hi. So I, all these congressmen who say the right thing and then do a 180, um, it's no different than when you see these films of hostages, you know, saying the wrong thing and you know that something is wrong. So maybe we need to bring in an expert hostage negotiator. (laughs) Well, why why would he say the right thing and then do the wrong thing? Well, I think I was reading that he used to be against the filibuster, and uh, so he has flipped. No, he's still against the fi- oh oh I see what you're saying. No, I think he's always been in favor of uh, keeping the filibuster in place when Democrats needed it in the minority. But he has not evolved to see how the threat against democracy itself has evolved, particularly as Republicans. You know, they've gone ahead. The things that they care about. Uh, tax cuts and uh, packing the federal courts. They've done away with the filibuster on those things. But when it comes to things that, uh, you know, Democrats and all of Americans hopefully care about, like voting rights, well, that would be a bridge too far. We can't do away with that. That'll get, you know, we'll we'll lose all of the bipartisanship we currently have in the Senate. Give me a break. Hi. Uh, thanks, Al. I appreciate the call. Uh, let me go. Oops. Got to figure out how this works. There we go. Uh, Leanne in San Diego. Hey, Leanne, welcome to the broadcast. What's the solution? What's the answer? 
Okay, here's the answer. I called Joe Manchin's office today, and I appropriately told him how I felt, that I think he basically is a traitor. Mm. Here's the thing. This is what we need to do. It's been talked about by one other person on this radio station. We need to start moving away from these people. This is a direct threat against democracy. We're in the last throes of our government anyways. So what's wrong with us starting an alliance? We start moving away from the people in the South. They do nothing for us. Just give us aggravation and fight everything we want. It's time we move away. Well, what does that mean? What do you mean move away? You mean people who live in Uh, those states need to leave? Or you're saying you want to break up the union? Make your choice. Yeah, I'm saying break up the union. Because it doesn't exist anymore anyway. It's a joke. Wow. It doesn't exist. Look what's happened. Yeah. Wow. It's happening before our very eyes. And you know it and everybody else knows it. So let's start doing something about it. These people have no, no, they have no desire to work with us anymore. The red states do not want to be part of us. Well, you know, last time that happened, we had, we had, last time that happened, Leanne, we had a pretty bad war in this country. Surely you're not calling for that. Oh, I'm not calling for a war where people die. I'm saying like when a dissolution of a marriage is, happens, you decide, you say, look, I can't work with you anymore. I can't live with you anymore. Our eyes are diametrically Mm. opposed to each other. I'm moving out. I'm Mm. moving away from you. Okay. If you want to be part of me and my life, fine. But if not, I'll see you around. And that's it. All right. That's it. Thank you, Leanne. I will see you. my solution. I appreciate it. I will see you around. Thanks for that thought. All right. Uh, So is it uh, time to get rid of, to just start Throwing states out of the union? Really? I don't know about that, but you might like the idea. 818-985-KPFK, 985-5735. Oh, it's our friend Doogie in Chicago. Hey, Doogie, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad. Hey, Um, Doogie. So I do have a a couple of solutions, but let me just say, I made some nicknames for some Republicans back in the day, Uh but now I have a nickname for him, and I'm not going to say it on the radio, but just change his first name from a J to a H, and use your imagination. Okay. Um, So Republicans, you know... uh, wait a minute. Democrats don't have a, have any backbone. Don't have any fierceness against Republicans. So now it also seems like they don't even have their house under control. Their their own little their their network under control. So there's a, two things that we can do. So number one, we need to butter up Joe Manchin as much as we can. So it's like, okay, what do you want? What do you need for your people to fall in line? Let us get us. They need to get on him. Either the threats are not going to work. Mm-hmm. Say like, fall in line, get in line, and do this like mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell would, or say, okay, we'll give your state extra, extra. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. And pay him off because obviously he's corporate. If they can't do that, I've also heard for calls of the leadership to um, be switched up and changed up for somebody that can actually get things done and get the, get their uh, little caucus in line. So one or the other. Okay. Well, I mean, so what you would be, and, and by the way, that's if I was president, because I don't know what I would do, uh, frankly. I said I, I, I have admitted I have no idea what to do in this, uh, in this case. But if I was president, mm-hmm. yeah, at this point, I would say, all right, Joe, tell me what you want. We need to pass this and this and this. What's it going to cost me? Right. And if you have to pay them off, you have to pay them off, whatever right. that means. Uh, and th- there's a reason I've been calling him. 
Yeah, there's a reason I've been calling him uh, King Man, King Joe. Long may he reign, because he is now controlling the entire process on the federal level when it comes to any form of legislation, period, including, by the way, those bills, the infrastructure bills that could be passed with uh, 50 votes under uh, reconciliation rules. Well, if Joe Joe Manchin doesn't go along with them, those are not passing either. The Biden agenda is dead without Joe Manchin. He knows he's not going to get reelected, so they got to give him something either. Because if strong arm is not going to work, just pay him off. Because obviously he's corporate, so he loves money. Give him what he wants, but to make him fall in line. Period. Thanks, Doogie. I appreciate the call. Uh, stay well out there in Chicago. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. Do we have uh, time for just a few more here? Uh, let me go to um, where am I? David in. Uh, Santa Clarita. Hey, David, welcome to the broadcast. Hey there, how's it going? It's going okay. What's the solution to Joe Manchin, David? Got one? Uh, there's a, Yeah, there's a couple of the thoughts that come to mind. I think the first thing is you push new leadership in the state of West Virginia, period. There's got to be people who look more enticing on the left side that can, can push uh, it within the state. Um, you know, obviously he's been popular because of how closely he's related to the right but again strategic uh, strategy wise you lean that way um but, but you know but you know what uh david in uh in west virginia their governor jim justice he ran as literally as a democrat and the day after the election the day after he was election elected as governor he announced he was changing his party to republican so, I, you know, I don't know how you solve this. And, of course, as uh, Charles was saying earlier, there's so much misinformation, disinformation out there. I don't know how well informed the people in West Virginia are about all of this. Uh, you know, to me, if I elected a governor who changed party the next day, uh, you know, I would be furious. It would be all over for him. But apparently they love him and they're reelected him, I think. Right, and I think that's the biggest issue there, which is why you can also look at, like, the Stacey Abrams sort of strategy and tactic of grassroots getting people to first uh, register to vote, but second, get more educated with the lack of that misinformation, right? It's going to have to come from some level of grassroots efforts. And then, you know, if we're looking at the the DNC as a whole, there's a lot of places that that can happen to where we can sort of start to ignore Joe Manchin and say, you know, we may like to have to bite the bullet in this term, but in the next term, looking at the trend of how many people are going away from the sort of uh, uh, mm. heavily oh, heavy leaning of the uh, 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 conspiracy theories that are coming through on the right, yeah. on the side of the right, yeah. it's just a lot easier to build up that, that following on the left of just being, you know, uh, uh, credible and sane. Yeah, right? well, That's yeah, but that means... With, you got to get more uh, Democrats in uh, into the U.S. Senate, which is never easy. I, I got to jump out here, David. I appreciate that call very much. Thank you, sir. Uh, do I have I really don't have time. Uh, my apologies to everyone else who I could not get to today. Uh, we will try all of this again uh, very soon. Uh, b- but I got to jump out right now or I'm going to 
beat the clock here. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board op- board operator, Federica Garcia, and to all of you for calling in and spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. I read them all and I reply to many. And you can find me on the Twitters and the Facebooks at the TheBradBlog. That is it. Until we meet again, hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.